0: Hello, hello my dear listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Music and Mindset Matters podcast. Oh my gosh, have I got a treat for you today. I am so excited to share this episode with you. Today I'm interviewing a wonderful young musician called Rennie Pearson and apart from the amazing conversation we have that delves into all manners of music and creativity and connection, and even we tap into the fairy world as well. Um, Rennie gifts us with two beautiful performances. So yeah, you're in for a real treat. And um, I'll give you a little background about Rennie. Um, We first came across Rennie, my husband and I actually went on a date. We had a date night, which is something we do not have very often. Um, but our local, in our local town, Rennie was performing with um, one of the many musicians he does perform, in, perform with regularly. He collaborates with a lot of musicians and um, this was a collaboration with Bob. Um, ah, Bob's last name has just gone out of my brain. Sorry, Bob. I'll come back to you um so he did a collaboration with bob at one of our local venues and it was just such a magical evening and really i mean the two of them were such wonderful storytellers and musicians um and my husband and i just basically sat in the front row just tapping our foot and wiggling our bodies and um yeah it was really really good so we were very impressed and that same only a few days later my husband went to a what was it i think it was the mount Roland Folk Festival, I think, and did a workshop with Rennie. So Rennie also does some tutoring and teaching different workshops. He's such an amazing musician. I mean, he's, um, he plays the bow on, he plays the guitar, the wooden flute, that's his main instrument. Um, He sings, he obviously plays the whistle as well. Um, Have I missed anything? Oh, and the fiddle. Oh, my gosh. Um, So he really is such a, a versatile musician. But I'm just going to read a little bit from his bio as well because it captures him and his music style and his... Um, his character beautifully so hailing from Wellington in New Zealand and grounded in the Celtic music traditions Rennie takes the listener on a journey through history weaving together tunes and songs and the tales that accompany them to create an intricate and varied show his engaging stage presence and storytelling storytelling opens the door for audiences to connect with the music which he plays on the wooden flute guitar Irish tin whistles bowron, fiddle and voice and, you know, that's perfect, really. That's a perfect description of Rennie. It certainly doesn't capture what it's like to see him live because he really does bring an amazing energy. At once, it's very humble and gentle and soulful. And then on the other, it's this electric kind of um, energy that transports you into a different realm. And you'll hear about uh, more about that when we talk in the in the actual episode. Um, But just coming back to um, how we then connected further with Rennie, my husband came back from that workshop and was really inspired meeting him. Um, And then we were approached by a friend of ours uh, and would we like to um, host Rennie at our house for just a small gathering? And we said, yeah, sure, why not? Um, So we agreed to that. And then at a similar time was um, the Deloraine Celtic Music uh, weekend, which is about an hour and a bit from where we live, and that weekend was just awesome. That was, you know, my husband's banjo tutor, um, Rennie was there. There were some other wonderful musicians that were hosting workshops, and I did a fiddle. Uh, sorry, I don't play the fiddle. <laughs> what am I saying? I did a whistle workshop with Rennie and um, another musician he collaborates with, Oscar West. Um, I did a. a a tune history of a tune workshop with Oscar and we mentioned that in the podcast episode as well so really all that weekend was just oh we were immersed in music and um, you know it was just such a wonderful wonderful opportunity and then a few days later that's when Rennie came and stayed with us Um, he stayed with us for a few days and we hosted him for a small performance on the deck of our beautiful farm and it was such a lovely, intimate event. People came and they brought their own deck chairs and, and had a bite to eat and sat out on the lawn or under our veranda. And it was just a really beautiful evening. And, and Rennie was doing um, one of the shows that he does with the tunes, stories and songs from Ireland, Scotland and Maritime Canada. And we talk a lot about that in the podcast episode as well. Um, so it's, yeah, like I said, it's such a beautiful uh beautiful conversation we have lots of inspiration and um, yeah you're really going to enjoy it so now's probably a great time to if you haven't already got your shoes on or pop your headphones in um, I'll have a quick break and then we'll come back and listen to the episodes hello and welcome to the music and mindset matters podcast I'm your host, Christy Russell. I'm a music and mindset mentor and founder of Movers and Shakers Music. I'm also a trained early childhood teacher, piano teacher, musician, mum of two, wife, and passionate Aussie entrepreneur. I'm on a mission to spread the magic and power of music and mindset to as many people as possible. Every day I tap into the power of music and mindset, and every day I notice how much more focused resilient and connected i am at work and at home you could even say i am more in tune with myself and the world around me and i want that for you too if you're passionate about early childhood education curious about the relationship between music mindfulness and the human brain then this podcast is for you join me each week as i discuss all things to do with music mindfulness and why it matters so much to be advocating for this in early childhood My goal is to inspire you with stories, research findings, and a whole heap of practical tips so that you can have the confidence and skills to embed music and mindset practices into your daily routines and your early learning programs. Because when we love music, we love learning, we love life. Let's tune in. Okay, well, I am super excited to welcome Rennie Pearson to the Music and Mindset Matters podcast. Hello, Rennie. How are you going today?
1: I am going great, Christy. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. Um, In my little introduction, I let our listeners know who you were, who you are, and how we initially crossed paths and how we came to be having this chat today. and. I would absolutely love it if you could tell us like your little kind of conception story about music. How did music enter your life? Did it enter as a child? Were you a teenager? I mean, I know a lot about it, but if you could just share that with our listeners, please.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to. So, um, yeah, uh, for me, the musical journey started very, very early, actually um, was still in uh my mum's womb when i was sort of hearing uh the wooden flute music of this man called chris norman and uh chris norman is a amazing amazing wooden flute player and he had these two albums that my dad and i don't know if i should say this or not but my dad always used to rip cds from the library he'd take them out <laughs> and then he would he would burn them on the cd player old school style didn't we all though <laughs> we all did we all did it um Sorry, and, Chris. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. He's um I think he's doesn't matter. Um mm. and I remember very distinctly they were these two yellow, yellow discs. Obviously I didn't know that at the time of pre birth, but yeah. I um they were they would put those on for me as I, I guess lullaby music, um mm. which was interesting because there was such a, a range of, of diverse um uh sounds on those. Well, maybe not sounds, but different energy levels and that thing yeah. a lot of very like fast tempo jigs and reels kind of dance music as well as some gorgeous gorgeous slow airs and chris norman is an absolute master of playing um slow music on the flute just has mm. the most beautiful tone and the most beautiful expression um, so from a very very early age and growing up as a as a kid i was always just really those albums were just really really special to me um and mom and dad had a whole plethora of other different music going on around the house as well particularly a lot of sort of uh old school americana uh, folk and rock music and this kind of thing especially from from dad uh but it, that stuff now i actually connect with that quite a lot i really like that kind of music but at the time it didn't grab me as much as the celtic stuff and um this guy chris norman he was mostly playing uh, early Scottish music, uh, maritime Canadian music, and a little bit of, of Irish music. Hmm. So a lot of a lot of Scottish and maritime Canadian music, uh, and also some old time American music as well on the flute, which is a sort of an unusual um, voicing for that for that music. And uh, at the same time, I was also listening to um, another a tape that we had of this band called Altan, who are a incredible. Um, group uh, Irish band from uh, a place called Donegal in yeah. um, in Ireland and they're well in Donegal they're well known for their fiery and spirited um, traditional music. It's got wow. a lot of Scottish influences in that music as well. Mm. Um, so that was sort of my very early getting getting the seeds sown for, for getting into the music and then when I was seven I went to see Chris Norman live. My parents took me and wow. it was just absolutely blown away it was such a magical concert and the the group that opened for them were great as well they were called um uh I think they might have been called like the keys to the field or maybe their album was called that or one of their songs was Mm. called that but I remember I remember them and this one lady she played the fiddle player she played the saw and I thought that was really cool like it was just a a saw and she just played it with the bow and got all these interesting sounds and I was like wow this is so cool and then Chris came on with the flute and I was like this is just amazing. I have to be able to do this. And that night, I said to mum, "I was like, I want to learn to play the flute." And so the next day, she dug out her old high school flute and uh, taught me how to make a sound on it. And that was kind of from then on. I was, I was in, I was in the world. You were of, hooked. Of Flute, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So that's the traditional flute, not the mm. wooden flute you're talking.
1: Ah, uh, right. Yeah, so when I heard the word traditional flute, I would think of the wooden flute. Mm. But um when I first started it was on a silver flute, which is yeah. also known as a Boehm system flute. Uh, and that's essentially the instrument that kind of took uh took over from the type of wooden flute that that I play. If anyone's right. got um the visual here, then I'm just showing Yeah, it. But it's essentially um these these flutes were very popular, uh actually quite a short period of time um i'm not super great on the exact dates but essentially there was this there's a few different flutes in the classical world there was a renaissance flute that was very simple and there was a baroque flute which had one key that was fully chromatic um, and that was sort of used in the uh the, the baroque period and in the late baroque period they sort of transitioned over to these um simple system flutes which is what i play and um they became very popular. They were a little bit more flexible with, with the keys in some respect. Um, but then then when the bomb system flute came along, they were much more sophisticated in terms of the key design. They could play more precisely uh, and you could play in a, in a larger variety of different, different keys with more fluidity. And so they kind of, became the instrument of choice for the, the classical musicians. Mm. And then these wooden flutes became very readily available because suddenly all of the uh, the kind of gentry class had had just decided they wanted to move on because they, they weren't cool anymore. Mm. And so they become just very, very available for, for traditional musicians, folk musicians. And um, they became very cheap and easy to acquire and they became the, the music, uh, the instrument of uh, the folk world which is sort of where they've stayed. Isn't
0: that interesting? That cu- yeah. real cultural shift.
1: Big time. Yeah.
0: Very lucky for, you know, musicians that prefer well, on both sides really if you want to be balanced mm. in the in the thinking, but really wonderful for you to tap into that traditional Irish, Scottish, maritime, Canadian, you know, back to the roots of of uh of original music where it came from i guess
1: yeah big time and it's cool as well because like the uh these wooden flutes they do have so each of the different types of flutes they do have their own qualities and like the yes. bomb system flute i'm not a massive fan of it myself but yeah. um it does have particular qualities that mm. like it's for, not it's for good reason why it became so popular like it's it is really really great the the key system is very sophisticated and it's mm. and would you really say pure,
0: yeah, and it suits more of that, you know, uh, would it, would you say a Western classical type yeah, like Western style of like kind
1: of kind mm. of sound, and it it fits very well in an orchestra as well. Yeah, because, it needs to fit through. Uh, yeah, it's it, it it really holds its its job very mm. well. With and like in an orchestra, every instrument has got a job, right? Like it's their mm. their job description is very definite, and they they fill a, a range in this yep. frequency, whereas with – traditional music it's a little less like that it's actually in 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 its most traditional sense it's more it's less of an ensemble music and almost Mm. more of a solo um, Mm. kind of kind of thing not to say that it was always played solo but it wasn't something that was um especially thinking about traditional irish music here the jigs and the reels and this kind of thing it was often played by you know a solo fiddle player a solo piper tin whistler, a flute player whatever and there, there might be a few of them but it usually wouldn't have been accompanied in the in the early stages um, mm. that was something that came a little later and so it was like the the instrument and the tune was carrying the whole spectrum of of all of the different parts of it that it that it needed and it was something that you know someone might play a tune it might just be for listening next to you know um the fiddler sitting in his chair next to the fireplace Place with everybody gathered around listening to, to stories and yeah. uh, and tunes or, or whatever or the the piper playing um, at the local dance and uh, everyone sort of gathers round and they play the tunes and and people people dance and yeah so yeah. that's then, kind of the 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 roots of it in a in a sense
0: yeah and in that in that sense it's more of a communal experience. And a story, it, even though you know from my background in classical training, there's certainly stories that accompany all the pieces and that you play, mm. whether it's a solo or a, a small um, ensemble or a bit be- within a symphony. But there's so much more of that paired back story. Mm. Somebody else adds their story to it. Somebody else adds their story to it, and it's a very, um, yeah, very natural way to experience and express creativity and emotion and. And sometimes, you know, speak about stories when words kind of fail.
1: Big time, big And time. that's
0: the beautiful aspect that comes through your music. Um, and I'll put your, you know, links to where we can listen to you in the show notes. But Rennie, when you play, you know, we were fortunate to, to have you play acoustic on our deck with this beautiful view out here. And the stories that you tell through the music are so rich and so powerful, and it really puts you in that place. It's not. It's not just the, we're listening to you play a, a selection of notes. It's, mm. you know, you, and your experience of music is through your whole body, and it's. It's again, it's not just the music and the notes and the pitch and the frequency. There's all. There's everything with it. The energy that goes with it, and that's the magic about music, isn't it? When it's played well and crafted well.
1: Mm, you know
0: music essentially is emotionally driven but it can also be experienced that way as well
1: yeah big time Mm. um one thing that i like to think of especially when it comes to traditional music that's been passed down from player to player from generation to generation it's kind of like not of this realm in this sense like i like to think of it as it's it's almost part of the fairy realm and i I especially use fairies because that's so closely tied in with um irish culture and, mm-hmm. and scottish culture but um when when you compose a tune like if i composed a tune now it would be my tune for the moment mm. but these melodies that are sometimes hundreds of years old have been passed down shaped and reshaped played by this person this name has often been changed lots of the the structure often sometimes many of the notes even the time signature might have been changed Mm. um and uh it's not the tune that that person wrote anymore it's been passed on to this otherworldly kind of uh conscious musical consciousness or something yes and it's Mm. not it's just this this otherworldly thing but it still needs um like a, a mortal's touch yep. to be brought to life in, in a sense and every new person that touches it has their own uh kind of way of interpreting it even if mm. it's similar in some respects it's it's usually each person has their own their own way of expressing that that thing and i just love that i think it's so yeah. so cool i find it so exciting about traditional music
0: it is. And I think um, when I think of that, what you were just talking about, I I think of how people use their voices, singers use their voices, or people who I kind of think about how important it is for us to be able to use our voice, even if we don't think that we're a singer, mm-hmm. but to use our voice to express, whether it be through conversation or whether it be through, you know, um, humming or chanting because it's so personal to us, but once it, it comes out of us, it belongs to a greater experience. It belongs, it, you know, it, I'm not sure how to explain it, but it, it almost comes back to the earth.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might sound yeah. a bit
0: strange of that, but I want people, I guess part of my little mission is to really ex- help people um, get back in touch with their own unique voice because it's so important
1: hmm yeah that definitely took me on a very spiritual thought process there was like everyone being um you know we're all often identify as being quite separate yet we're all sort of part of the the great oneness or whatever but when you express something you get to put it back out into that it's like a part of you that gets to sort of go back out into that into that oneness which is quite cool that's definitely something that's really special about music and also, it's a shared experience with with the people around you, um, and that's really cool. I love that about like, for example, the yeah the concert that uh, we we did um, on the deck, acoustic on the yeah. deck. It was absolutely great. You know, just having like a, a small group and just everyone's very much part of that experience, and it really reminds me of that and I always just have this idea of the, the this this fiddle player or um tin whistle player or someone just sitting next to the fire on their chair with like people just around in the in the room and everyone's just listening and it's like, he's got it's like oh you know it's old such and so and he's got you know he's got all these stories and he's got all yeah. these great tunes and he just uh yeah and, and I love I love that 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 thought of 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 these these old people that are these this knowledge base and yeah i don't know i'm i'm like i'm not an, an old person and i suppose i i don't have the the depths of of many many years underneath me but i have experienced a lot of different music and i like to learn as much as i can about these stories and and, and share them and mm, listen definitely. to as many different players and pick up all of that different stuff uh as much as i can so that i can also share yeah uh, that stuff. and i
0: I think you, you know, coming back to what you were saying, you need a mortal soul to be able to, you're like a portal. (laughs) You are, you are the carrier Mm. of this particular story or these particular stories. And, and, you know, your, your higher purpose or your mission is to then, you know, bring those forth into the world for other people to share. And, Mm. and you are doing that, which is wonderful. How did, how did you? know that that's what you needed to do I mean you you had this amazing experience um, prenatally and as an early you know this is the wonderful thing about music it can come through the womb and and have an influence on it on the development of a young child so you had that experience with Chris Norman and then did your mum end up teaching you or did you go to a teacher you know a formal teacher lessons or how did that evolve into where you are now I suppose
1: yeah so um Mum got me started, but she had yeah. played a little bit in, in high school, and uh, but not, not heaps, and mm. she hadn't picked up the flute for many, many years. So I, I kind of started off, She we started just going to like a regular silver flute kind of classical way, yeah. and I sort of did that for a few years, but it didn't really spark my passion. I kind of always knew that I wanted to go down that Celtic route, but mm. Dad managed to find me uh, a great flute player that lived just up the road from from us in wellington uh, a guy called pat higgins and he was from galway and he he was uh, an expat irish expat yeah. and he'd been living in uh, wellington for quite a while and he started teaching me uh the wooden flute mm. and um, it was a while before i transitioned onto the actual wooden flute i stayed on the silver flute for a little bit and then I sort of started going to sessions um, every Monday night at a little pub called Kitty O'Shea's in, in mm. Wellington. And that was great. And that was really like, that started started me off a lot as well, just by osmosis, just mm. absorbing the music. It was all by ear, you know. It was Did not- you go with
0: your know. parents? Is that you as a child going or you as,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, my dad, my dad took me because I was yeah. too young. Um, and yeah, I think I was probably about, 14, maybe mm-hmm. 13, even when I started going to the session. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was at a pub, so I, I needed a parental yeah. guardian. Um <laughs> But that was great. And Dad would come along and he would strum away on the guitar and uh yeah, I learned so much from from just delving, delving in and the people there were so were so great. And we actually had a really great session there in mm. Wellington. there's a lot of great players. We got a lot of great players passing through as well from from yeah. Ireland. So I was very lucky. And then I started going to um these boxwood festivals that that chris norman organized so i got to meet him and learn off off him a bit and we kind of started to develop a bit of a um relationship like my mum would also help him to book his tours and book fun things while he was here in new zealand so there was mm-hmm. a little bit of a family kind of friendship going on there and it, it came to be that i uh ended up going to live with him when i was 19 years old uh in the east coast of canada in wow. a little town called lunenburg in nova scotia
2: mm.
1: and uh i was going sort of kind of to become his apprentice as it were like his wooden flute playing apprentice mm. and that was fantastic man i would like that was sort of the first time wow. i'd really left home and there i was on the other side of the world and uh Canada was amazing but that only uh, that was sort of also the start of a lot of RSI problems that I started having so it was a it was a quite a tough year but just to be around uh him and getting sort of that one-on-one kind of lessons and stuff was just absolutely incredible mm. and that's kind of carried me through uh got me a, like a great a great foundation and yeah, just to be over there as well, like the, the um, musical connection with the east coast of Canada is, is mostly through Scotland uh, from the Highland Clearances. Lots of right. Highland Scots uh, immigrated over to the east coast of Canada to Cape Breton Island. But there's also a lot a lot of Irish um, heritage that way as well. Um, yeah. Just huge amounts of, of immigration from both of those countries mm. and a lot of them... Uh, ended up going to Canada the passage was a bit cheaper than going to uh, America which was often seen as sort of the promised land but not mm. everybody could could afford that and uh yeah so there's super strong ties with that like the Celtic has really reached all around the world I mean you know we're playing it in New Zealand we're playing it in uh, Australia I mean mm. I was just over in in Tassie with with Oscar and um Jodie teaching in and Dalarain um, yeah so it's all happening in Tasmania. It's it's just incredible.
0: Yeah, it really is, isn't it? And I think it is because of the story elements. Because it's so um so embracing. I mean, again, I'll, I'll I feel like I I do a lot of comparisons. It's not for comparison's sake, but it's such a different experience being classically trained and and attending classical performances and things like that. It's it's a very different experience than going to a, a Trad session or, or listening to folk music. It's there's wonderful things about both of them definitely. Mm. But I think perhaps the the thing that's that's helped to to keep, uh, to keep these stories alive is that it embraces people, it embraces all emotions. Like a lot of it is sorrow and, and regret and, and loss, you know, of moving from your homeland or losing loved ones. And, but there's, all, there's such a cathartism going, cathartism going th- you know, moving through that, through voice or through song, um, through instrumental music. That you kind of go, okay, well, you know, these people know what I'm going through. They, they're kind of like your tribe. Mm, Yeah. And it's so, so special to be a part of that experience. And that must've been an amazing experience for you. How long were you in Canada for with, with Chris?
1: Uh, I lived there for a year, Yeah. so I was, it was cool. I got to see all four of the seasons
0: oh yeah nice.
1: that would have been uh, very they cold all, they were all very different yeah, yeah. that was quite cool because in, in New Zealand it's not really like that you know it's, yeah you sort of have like two seasons kind of Um, yeah. but so that was really cool and it was interesting as well because I was working like for board there instead of paying rent and so I was mm. Doing a lot of work in his workshop like uh helping him to make flutes because he's also a flute maker wow and i was just doing the grunt work and turning down the billets mm. on the lathe and uh boring out the um the billets fitting the tuning slides fitting the the sockets where the flute joints fit together and all that kind mm. of thing and then he would kind of breathe the, the life into them i wasn't mm. really doing all of that stuff but that was quite cool just to be part of that process as well Um, being such a keen flute player, it's just Mm. nice to kind of see how they're created. And the flute that I play now is also made by him. So that's also really special. And he he made this one especially for me.
0: Can you play a little um, tune on it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the tune that's been turning Mm. over in my head a lot is uh, one called The Bank of Turf. And it's one that Oscar (laughs) did a workshop on i was at, and, at that workshop at that it was workshop. amazing yeah yeah and he gave me the quick i i couldn't go to that workshop because i was teaching another one at you were doing time. dad gad doing the yeah the guitar workshop yeah. but he gave me the rundown of that when we went to have a practice before um the yeah. thing and it just it was absolutely amazing and i i love how oscar is able to do these these deep dives almost mm. like a mini thesis on like he does and, me. Little, uh, these, <laughs> these things. and the, the tune history that he was able to uncover for this tune was absolutely spectacular yeah. and it goes back hundreds of years yeah and it's it's gone through many many different iterations and it's now uh, this absolutely stunning jig and I'll play for you uh, the version of it that, that I play um, which is actually a little a little bit different to Oscar's version but not too far off
0: Hey, we'd love and to hear it
1: it's one that i've been that's been turning over in my head so this okay. is the bank of turf what i'll just quickly do i'll just turn yeah. uh original sound on
0: That was beautiful. Oh, it is so pretty, isn't it? And I love, um, you know, I'd never really had anything to do with the wooden flute. Again, the classical musician in me, I was, you know, all about Mm. the silver flute, not that I play, but, you know, the wooden flute has such a gentle, rich sound, doesn't it? A really, you know. Yeah. It It, it is, you can feel the tree. (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah oh it totally it totally does and actually that was one thing I was I forgot to we were talking about all of the good points of the silver flute I forgot to even talk about Mm. what's so great about the wooden flute Um, because it does have its own really special unique qualities Mm. and um, one of those is it's 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 got this raw and earthy quality to it It, and in terms of like uh, a more technical way of saying it it's got a lot of overtones so there's a lot of yeah Parts happening in the sound, so you could describe it as a less pure sound. Yes, it's got more raw mm. rawness and depth, and it's mm. like a warm, fuzzy kind of like yeah, um yeah. So it's it's less kind of
0: and more yeah. There's not as much clarity, and you know yeah, like you said, it's it's yeah. more of a straight when you when you think about the sound of a. Um, of a silver with uh, a silver flute, which silver rightly flute, so yeah. needs to be able to cut through the rest of the orchestra or whatever, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. they're both really good for for different things, but mm. the wooden flute is just beautiful yeah. for the traditional music. And actually, yeah. honestly, like it sounds great in a um in a classical setting as yeah. well. Like they they were originally used for that. Yeah. So it's not like it can't do that. It's just got a different sort of sort of quality mm. to it. Um, yeah and yeah there's just like little little bits and pieces like the, the the wooden flute can just there's certain notes that can just like jump up and like kind of it's almost like a dog kind of barking out and you can lean in you can <laughs> lean into it and you can give it give it a bit of grunt um mm. and uh yeah in scotland they have this 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 term give it lally, which is, like kind of means give it heaps and yeah uh, you can you can give kind of max. lean into it yeah <laughs> You can, you can, you can lean in and give it a bit of a, a bit of a, I mean, I, I wasn't really doing that on that last, I played that quite pretty, but um, mm. it's, there's a lot, there's a lot you can do. There's a lot of, a lot of depth of, of um, dynamics that you can mm. you can get out of it. So that's really nice. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, I do just love the instrument and also it, because it's so connected to the breath, Yes, it's really, it's really special. So it is quite close to the human voice. Mm.
0: Um, because flute is not the only instrument you play. You're so versatile in what you play. How how did you get to, you know, you play the guitar, you're a singer, you play the baron, um you know how how did those and you play the fiddle as well? Um mm. and probably some other things that I missed, but how did all of that then come you know, flute being your main wooden flute being your main instrument? Were yeah, you always so that I, way or
1: Um no, when I first started I was pretty much just on the flute. Um mm. I have the kind of personality that when I hear or see something that I really like, I I have this urge that I must be able to do that. Yep. Mm. So I, I would just constantly get that as a, as a young person, you know, I would see someone playing the fiddle. I'd be like, Oh, the fiddle is so cool. I have to be able to play the mm. fiddle as well. And um, I remember the first time I went to a, uh, our New Zealand Irish music school, which is called uh, uh, Kjolnas.
3: And, oh yes. Um, yeah
1: i saw jerry paul who's actually a kiwi and he's a fantastic backing guitarist playing uh he's m- more plays americana music now but at the time he was with he was with this fantastic irish band called grata and he's such a great backing guitarist and i remember seeing him playing these these chords like all over the neck all up in this driving rhythm and i was like he's so cool um uh, how is he doing that and I thought I have to learn how to do that so then yeah. I started you know learning the um, dad gad guitar and uh, getting into that and yeah and what was the other thing you mentioned oh the the, the boron yeah, yeah Um. just just yeah seeing seeing Bolron. and again like the boron is is just a is a great a great little little thing it's got, got that heartbeat style mm. sound and it's that's one of those instruments that's instantly transportative. Yeah. For me, for Ireland, the Illum pipes, the tin whistle and the bolron, you hear those sounds. Yeah. You're there. It doesn't you're just there. Like mm. other instruments, they can take you there. The flute totally mm. can take you there. Fiddle mm. can totally mm. take you there. But just one note on the yeah. Illum pipes, like just one little beat on the bolron, it's like boom. It's just it's just the sound. Um, yeah, I totally so, get that.
0: Totally. Yeah, yep.
1: to me that's like that. That's so cool, and it's interesting. Like, of the, um, the instruments that I play, the bolron is probably one of the ones that I would spend the least time mm-hmm. on. But when I do my my solo show, and you saw it when I did mm-hmm. it at the um at your place, uh, I do the the one number where I play the bolron and lilt. And mm. often people will say that that's their favorite their exactly favorite um, because it's so it is, different I, it's so different and yeah. it's that sound just instantly take takes mm. you um and it's and I think that's the other thing about music is like all of the skill in the world is just a a way of breaking down the barrier between mm-hmm. you you and what you are putting out like what you yeah. want to creatively put out so like, mm. Skill's great. Don't get me wrong. I think it's very important. But all it really is, is it's creating, it's like bridging this gap. Like, so the Bolron, even though I'm not the most brilliant Bolron player of all time, um, you know, I'm, I'm relatively good, but it's not like something that I spend hours a day honing, whereas on the, the flute, I would definitely do that. It's just it's what you what you need to be able to to bridge that gap so that you can express that that mm. thing and i think it's yeah. a, a great example of that and uh yeah people always really seem to connect with with that um yeah. and the lilting thing i think is also it's a fun, a
0: fun yeah thing. the lilting. i know when i was doing the whistle um tutoring session with you at the Deloraine celtic music weekend i was like what do that what's that interesting word that he's saying italy you know what i can't even think about it now
1: yeah. <laughs> i mean it doesn't matter, what it, the, doesn't what matter does it? it doesn't and matter does it and that's the no.
0: freedom of it and that's you know coming back to what i'm trying to do in my own little mission is to support people to use their voice and it doesn't matter what it sounds like as long as you're using it mm. and you're talking about that skill is re- skill is important yes if you want to do more with your instrument or whatever Mm. it is that you're learning. But that's not everything. You've got to have that heart. You've got to have that connection. You've got to have the willingness to want to create a story and a connection,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: even if it's not for other people, like even if you're just doing it for yourself. But there still needs to be that willingness to go that little bit further to, you know, if you're some of my students, for example, I'll tell them when they're practising their scales, you know, scales are the bread and butter. They'll teach you about the mm. foundations of what you're going mm-hmm. to learn. But don't just do them like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Do them with feeling like da, mm. da 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 and be silly with them and have fun with them because yeah, that's when yeah. you'll make the difference between just doing it because you have to and enjoying mm. it and embracing all of the wonderful qualities and the, that power and the magic that music has.
1: Yep. Yeah. Mm. reminds me of like a um when i was young and learning i would uh watch a lot of youtube videos like Mm. to get inspiration i remember i would spend hours trolling through the internet and there was myspace was a thing oh yes uh and I would, I never had a profile myself, but a lot of the musicians, they would have profiles and they'd have like tracks that you could listen to on their profile. Mm-hmm. And I would go through and like find all these musicians and just listen to the free tracks that they'd put up. Yeah. And, and it would take you to like their friends. And I'd look through, it's like, oh, so Con Grada, he's a great flute player. Da, 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 da. And it's like, oh, who are his friends? Try these yeah. people. And then I'd, I'd rabbit hole. Music. And I would, <laughs> I could spend hours and there would be like these different, um, like clatter records and stuff and different uh, and cd baby and they would often have like little 30 seconds they'd have the album up and each track you'd get to listen to 30 seconds for free and i never even considered buying any of the albums because yeah. i'd have to have got them shipped over or something which yeah. would have been too expensive but i would spend hours trolling through these things getting these little 30 second bites and then i'd go to a different thing and it would stay instead of having 30 seconds it would have like the first three tracks we could listen to the whole thing yeah. it was like oh score now i've got like i've got the best <laughs> of both worlds and um anyway that, that was a long-winded way of 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 saying i remember this particular youtube video when i was i got really into bluegrass mandolin at one point and uh this guy he he would start his mandolin things he'd go like be like hello there it's a run from mandolin mania or something i can't <laughs> remember what he was and, and he'd be like you like always practice never no he said the other way around he said never practice always play
3: oh yeah that
1: stuck with me that like one little thing it always stuck with me and i am um, now i think that there's a there is a um there's a balance that needs to be achieved yeah achieved here I am big time and always play never practice guy like I play a lot yeah I don't usually sit down and I really have to wrangle myself because it's just my personality is very Mm. uh, like erratic I'm a very Mm. like in the moment in the flow kind of Mm. person Um, and I really have to kind of sit down and be like okay we're going (laughs) to practice this thing like now's we're not it's practice time and I, I can still enjoy it but it's like it's a different type of brain but i do think that a lot of people are the other way around and Mm. they spend a lot of time working on on things and and like making it into a chore Mm. the the beauty of like expressing the musicality that's just and ever since i was young it's always been like that i would just always pick up the flute and just play like i would Mm. never sit down and, and practice like yeah no i would just be playing um I could probably use a bit more of the the other the other way around but um, that that thing that he said did always stick with me because that's why I'm still playing and why I love it so much is because yeah. I played it because I loved to do it and it's so much yeah. fun um, rather than because of some. I don't know, because I felt like I had to mm. something, something
0: like that. That's yeah. such an, that is such an important point because I have had so many students over the years. I mean, I started teaching 25 years ago just, you know, for a music school and then just sort of on my own private teaching. And the number one thing that um, the feedback that you get when a, a student stops is because they don't want to practice anymore. They've lost mm. the, they've lost their mm. mojo. Mm-hmm. and. And it's a really important thing for any kind of teacher or educator or guide or mentor, whatever the word you want to use, is to try and connect with that student or that person and find out what motivates them so that the music, so that you're weaving practice, like a mindset of practice, as in you're wanting to learn better skills or improve your skills. But the mindset of having a joyful experience and a playful experience. It's so important and I think often our mainstream way of educating is more on that side of you have to practice to get perfect and and it's, it's, it's mm. soul-crushing. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you, you <laughs> can yeah. still practice, you can still get, you know, work on your skills and work on that part that's a bit tricky and go over it and over it but it's the whole mindset behind it and the intention behind it that really matters, isn't it?
3: Yeah,
1: it's also interesting, like, I think as a Western society, and probably this kind of delves over to other other kind of cultures as well, we yeah. really value effort mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And a lot of emphasis gets put on effort. Like, if you work hard and you have a bad time, you will succeed.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> That doesn't work. If you,
1: if you gri- That leads to burnout. Get through it like and even though we kind of know that that's like there's there's elements of truth in putting in putting in the work but like yeah, definitely there's there's also like an element of being like in the flow and yeah. and being allowing things things to happen and i think a lot of that that work when it's done from that place of being in in the flow and the right energy yeah it becomes so much more, like, you see so much more results. You're not, like, battling yeah. against the stream, essentially. Yeah. And uh, I think that, that that's very true for music as well. And I it's interesting because you, you so often do see, like, um people who practice so much. And, yes, they do get better. But, like... Then there's other people that just, just kind of play, and Mm. they just like just miraculously just sort of Mm. things just open up, and they just start. They suddenly they're really good. Yeah. And I kind Mm. of feel like a little bit that like that's what happened to me. Um, like I, I did play a lot when I was a kid, but I'm not like I've never been like a six hour a day, Mm. six seven hour a day kind of kind of practicer. But (laughs) it's exhausting. (laughs) <laughs> but I like, for, and then for ages, I wasn't even able to play at all. Like when I had heaps of RSI problems, but mm. my technical skills are still very, very good on the, mm. on the flute. And, um, and I just think that it was like, that was kind of a matter of, of that, that kind of concept of like not beating your head against the wall with, with this kind of like just over and over doing the same, mm. the same thing. Cause you're like,
0: because oh, you've got game, to do it
1: yeah. Scale perfectly yeah um so I think there's something there's something in that as well and I definitely think that it's better to like for for talking of kids and stuff but mm-hmm. actually anybody it's better to to like you're going to be better if you keep playing rather than quitting than yeah if you, of course if you yeah quit. like it's yeah. um it's going to be better for you um, yeah so there's no point in in hammering it so hard that you don't that you don't like it and then just end up yeah, it.
0: and then you just like chuck it in and go nope not doing it anymore. That's it. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's better to just come at it from a different angle. Just sort of try and shift that perspective. Of, well, what does practice mean to you, or what does getting better mean for you? And I think one thing that I'm really proud of when I have my students is that I I often chat with them about what do they why are they here? You know, even if mm-hmm. it's a young person, you know, it's a bit easier to get some information out of the older students. But it's really important to have that relationship with your students, um, whether it's a one-to-one or in a small group setting. To say, well, what you know, what does success look like for you, or what what does good, a good song look like to you? Because you mm-hmm. can have it all in your brain about what it means for you, but it might not translate to the other person and yeah. Yeah. Communication is really important an important part of of uh yeah of of having that teaching and mentoring which um I don't know if you do much of that anymore. I mean I know you did the group sessions in Deloraine but mm, do you do yeah, any one to one teaching anymore?
1: Not very often. Like occasionally mm. someone will reach out to me and say dah, dah, dah. I usually say <laughs> I usually say like I'll do like a one off list. Mm. um but i don't like i move around too much to really commit to uh regular regular practices which can be really good more it's probably more useful for adult learners who mm. already have some experience on the instrument and have some self-driven motivation yeah i think one of the most important things for kids when they've got a teacher is that regular contact it's it's almost more Different. about the, the motivation than anything else mm. but like i can give someone six months worth of stuff to work on. Uh but they need to go away and yeah, and go away and work, do but, it. Like, you know, work on that that stuff. Um yeah, look, I love doing the um the group sessions and stuff, but mm. for me, uh yeah, it's very much like a it's a creative endeavor for me. Like yeah. and I, I, I feel like sharing the skills is, is part of it. Um, but i really like enjoy enjoy playing and stuff Mm. as well and um i'm not sure how much time we have left or not but um the other thing that's kind of interesting that we sort of touched on before is like we talked a lot about the the tradition and and this kind of thing and i definitely came a lot from the background of traditional music hearing this stuff and like i talked about with the this crossover into the tunes being almost from this other realm absolutely love that completely fascinated by it but i'm Mm. also kind of going through a bit of a phase now where i'm like really excited about writing my own stuff songs and tunes and coming up with stuff that's quite outside the tradition and Mm. um, i had a really nice conversation with um donica down mm. by your little pond Damn. down there mm. uh, down by the dam next to the fire and um just kind of thinking like I don't see myself as a tradition bearer in the way that someone like perhaps Jody Moran mm. is or, or Rob Zelensky, a great uh, fiddle player from Western Australia who's um really dedicated to that to that trad music like I that's yeah. a huge part of who I am and I have that that's that's in me and of course there is a part of me that just is a tradition bearer because i've spent so much time with that music and Mm. i love to share it so much but i also like i realize that for myself like music is a creative expression tool and i really love to write and to um create new ideas and and new things and Mm. i uh I don't feel at all bound by the tradition. Like mm. I would be more than happy to do weird and wonderful things, things with it. And, and I wouldn't feel like I was uh, letting down the tradition or anything. Cause I mean, yeah. at the end of the day as well, I'm a Kiwi playing Irish music. Yeah. Like it's not, I don't <laughs> have that. Like, um, yeah, like I'm not tied. I'm not tied to it. Um, mm. And so I, I I take all of the, the the beautiful elements of it that I love, which there's there's so so many and um more than happy to <laughs> change them and rearrange them yeah. wherever I want and throw in new things and
0: um And I yeah. guess the, well we see that, you know, when you're working with Oscar or when you do some touring with Bob or you know, mm. anything that you do, it's because you you are so versatile in your in. In your ability as well as your interest, mm-hmm. you know, and you you love doing those. You love doing a small intimate thing, and then you like doing the big one where people are dancing, and you know, it's it's wonderful that that you do actually tap into all those parts of your musical expression and creativity, because that means that you're going to keep growing as a person, as a musician, and and you know, we're all so grateful. I say we, you know, anybody that comes into your path and into your world of music is so grateful for that because it just opens up another part of our human existence and another layer of connection and another layer of curiosity. And it's so important that music off- has that for us, you know. What are you working on at the moment?
1: So, Or is um, it a secret? No, it's not. I mean, I've I, for me at the moment, my focus is on songwriting and mm. uh also getting um really working a lot on my freestyle rap flow. yes i've experienced that firsthand so, up at the shed yeah, inside so of the fire we, yeah we had some we had some nice i <laughs> uh, just love creating music in the moment like yeah improvising that's lyrics great. and this kind of thing and that's really helped my songwriting as well mm. so my my next kind of and this is potentially going to be like a, a long burn kind of kind of thing mm. because the songwriting is something that that's kind of new-ish to me. I've been writing songs for a, a, maybe three or four years or something. Mm. But um,
0: Do you mean with been, lyrics or are you talking instrumental lyrics, or both? Yeah. Mm. Oh,
1: instrumental, I've been doing a lot. I think I'm yeah. quite, I think I'm quite a good tune writer, yeah. but songs is still like a something that, and I can feel I'm about to go over a, a verge of like a, a couple of new ones coming out and I'm like, okay, I think I'm starting to find my, songwriting voice now yeah um and so i'm really excited about that and i think that's going to be some new some new things coming out in that that kind of vein that are a little bit more uh putting out original material i think is going to be something that that's going to be a focus Mm. for me so all of the stuff that i've released so far like my album from across the seas is all traditional um, yes And that's all music from Ireland, Scotland and the Maritimes of Canada. Very much based on my solo show, which is Mm. also like a kind of a storytelling and showcase of this variety of Celtic music, traditional Celtic music. Um, But I'm very keen to, yeah, kind of move towards some more original stuff like what I'm doing with Bob, a lot of original stuff. The things I do with Oscar are also quite traditional, Mm. even though we arrange them in sort of interesting ways. Um, that feels quite rooted in the tradition as well mm. in a sense even though we're being playful we're being that one feels like we're being playful within the tradition yeah definitely like that's what it comes across new, as yeah the new stuff that I'm doing is potentially incorporating some other things that are that are not so much in the in the tradition but oh, um, we'll exciting. see what what comes out and, yeah we'll um,
0: have to stay tuned and hopefully you'll do a little tour and head back down to tassie <laughs>
1: absolutely mm. yeah yeah i really want to come and do signet signet folk festival at yes. some point point. bob's really keen oh. to do that too so oh we'll, that'd, we'll you guys would be fabulous
0: down there yeah do something yeah soon
1: next, next year or um yeah. hey quickly
0: before we go china mm-hmm.
1: oh tell yes. us
0: about that
1: so uh one of the other things that i do that's that's just part of kind of being a, a full-time musician is i tour mm. with some of these irish dance groups so i've been doing a lot with a a group called celtic illusion um Mm -hmm. around australia and this particular next mission which is off to china um is going to be with a group called rhythm of the dance and um these are just these big stage kind of dance productions they're great shows they're a lot of fun to to watch and to be part of and Mm. like um The rhythm of the dance will be a little bit more traditional, actually a lot more traditional than than Celtic Illusion. Celtic Illusion, like I wear sparkly pants. I come out in a different outfit every time I'm out on stage. I'm (laughs) jumping about. When I do my flute solo, I'm like winding up the crowd and doing these big like things on the high notes. And it's just, it's so much fun. It's, it's a totally like, it's, I wouldn't describe it as emotionally moving, but boy, it's a great show to watch yeah. and I have got to watch it from the the audience. It's, oh, it's just fantastic. awesome. There's
0: I don't know why, but I'm just picturing Elton John and his, <laughs> like yeah. Elton John and his sparkly yeah. sunglass.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's cool. <laughs> it's a big stage production, right? Yeah. Like it's a whole different, it's the opposite of the acoustic on the deck. Like yeah. it's, you know, sometimes the theatres are playing to, to 800,000 people and yeah. it's, it's awesome. And, wow. and there's like, lots of lights there's smoke and there's heaps of dances everywhere and yeah the rhythm of the dance will be that sort of same scale um Mm -hmm. but more more traditional um there's like a five-piece trad band and just from looking at the the videos they're um really really good musicians so that's really exciting and they'll be playing more trad music um And, yeah, the dancing is more traditional as well. But, yeah, really, another really, really cool show. So that's going to be six weeks in in China coming up. What an experience. Yeah. And then back (gasps) off to Ireland straight after that. So that's going to be really cool too. And uh, that's not going to be a tour. That's just a a holiday. So I'm excited about that.
0: Oh, you'll be able to catch so many sessions, though.
1: Mm, mm, Will
0: will they have the flower this year?
1: Yeah, I believe so
0: bless you
1: excuse me bless you <laughs> Um <laughs> yeah so I believe that they will have the well, I'm not sure where that's being held I don't know it was Malangar
0: um, last year the last couple of years I don't, I don't know where it is this year
1: mm, but it'll be right around that time like I'm going to mm. be going in um, uh, May May slash the start of June so yeah
3: Peak festival time.
1: I can
0: imagine after all the busy, when um, the busyness of of China and you get to to Ireland and get back to the roots. I think you're going to have an amazing experience. You'll get some more songs. Uh, you know the chance to sort of just take a bit of a breather and and work on those songs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Time. Yeah.
0: Well, oh, I'm going to be lo- looking so forward to hearing more about that. It's going to be yeah. awesome.
1: Nice. Mm. Do you how are we going for time would you like me to sing a song or are we looking I I would
0: love you to sing So I was going to say is there anything else you want to share with us before we go? I know my own kids are going to come home in the next sort of 15 20 minutes so I would love to hear something. I'm sure our listeners would love anything that you're feeling right now.
1: Yeah, all right. Um let's see. play something on the guitar. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I'm
1: gonna sing a lovely little song uh, I'll just put this down
0: yeah pop that awesome
1: yeah This is a trad song, and it's one that I don't usually sing in the concerts, um, so I'll sing it now. It's called uh, Peggy and the Soldier.
3: has got um, original sound there. Here we go. That's
0: better.
4: Come on, the lads of high renown. Let me tell of a brave young maiden as she arose once a eye morn for to watch the soldiers parading. Look so fine, and they march so gay. Their bandits flying, the bandit play. Oh, it caused lovely Peggy to smile and say, "I will go with my gallant soldier." Soldier said I pray don't be so unruly For when you're in some foreign land Believe me you'll do it surely For if in battle I should fall from the shot of an angry cannon you so far from your father's hole Are your wise with your gallant soldier Well it's fifty guineas I've in safe store Likewise a heart that's boar I'll give them all to the lad I adore, my brave undaunted soldier, so don't say no but let me go, and together we'll face the fiercest foe, and hope that providence will know
0: That's beautiful
1: lovely wee song i don't get to sing
0: that one it is i've never heard rest. that before i love the way you play the guitar it's just such a beautiful like golden syrup sound ah <laughs> oh, thank you yeah i like to
1: have it as like a i like it to be like a duo between my, the guitar and my, and my voice. Oh, definitely. Those little, little runs. And yeah, yeah. That's the style that I like for, for trad music anyway.
0: Yeah. It's beautiful. Oh my goodness. Our listeners are so lucky.
1: (laughs) I feel very lucky to have been able to come on and and talk with you. It's been so nice.
0: Oh, it's so special. I just love, you know, one thing when I, when I started this podcast I just want to talk about music and interview people about music and share, you know, all the wonderful things about music. And I just, yeah, I'm so passionate and and clearly you're, you know, just as passionate and, you know, I can just, if we can spread that musical magic and power, then, you know, the world's going to be a better place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's kind of simple as that, isn't it, really?
1: It is a simple example, oh. as simple as that. Okay.
0: Well, thank you so much, Rennie. And I will put, oh, te- tell us where, where can we get in touch with you? I'll put everything with the show notes, but what's the easiest way for people to connect with you?
1: Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So probably the easiest way to find me would be through my website, uh, renniepersonmusic.com yep. That's R-E-N-N-I-E-P-A-R-S-O-N music.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at mm. Rennie Pearson, uh, yeah. on Facebook at Rennie Pearson, um, and and you're on Spotify, yeah. Yes, I'm also on Spotify, so you can listen to my album. Uh, the Fanny kids were so Spotify. impressed
0: after you <laughs> stayed with us, and they're like, "Do you know that Rennie's on Spotify?" <laughs> That's so cool. That's so great.
1: Yeah, so Spotify is good a good place to listen. Um, you yeah. can also buy the album off my. Um, My website as well, and you can buy the album of me and Oscar off my website or off
0: Bandcamp. They're awesome albums, by the way. Everybody, just get—we have them in the car at the moment, and Finian especially is just loving it. Like play the like it's a Poncho Train again.
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) he likes that one. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's a gorgeous song. I'm surprised that he's. I feel like that's more of like a like when you get a bit older, you start liking those slow.
0: Oh, no, he's listening, both of them are listening to a lot of trad music, especially after the Deloraine Music Weekend. That was a really huge influence on them, I think. And then having you stay with us and having that music just constantly happening and then the performance, it was just, yeah. Mm. I think potentially the way that that transformative transformative experience um, when you were young and and then you saw Chris Norman in in real life as well, I think, Mm. you know, I can see the kids are really they've kind of just opened their eyes to so much more. So it's that's beautiful. Really cool. Yeah. Really cool right.
1: The one other album that I have is um called Air and that's also yes. available on Bandcamp. And actually yeah. I should send you a download code for that. I forgot to do that. That'd um, be awesome. Yeah, it's just that's just like a an EP. It's like uh five tracks of all yeah. original music for flute and whistle and guitar. That's Beautiful. sort Half Light, my um, duo with Bob McNeil.
0: Yeah. And, um, love to hear that. Yeah. So that's, I'm yeah. pretty happy with that. Great. So, yeah. <sighs> well, thank you so much again, Rennie. It's been an absolute wonderful pleasure to talk to you and to listen to your music and your passion. And we wish you all the very best with everything that you do from here on. And mm. we'll look forward to, um, yeah, hearing more of your, your music in the very short future.
1: Thanks so much. Okay.
0: Have the best day. Pleasure.
1: Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: This episode was brought to you by my signature course, Musical Mindset An Approach to Early Learning. It's the most comprehensive online course for early childhood educators and teachers, and you can check it out at my website, moversandshakersmusic.com.au. Remember the double O in movers. You'll also find on the website other training opportunities and free resources to inspire you and boost your confidence and skills to bring musical learning and mindfulness practices into your daily routines. If you love this episode, please spread the joy and share it with a friend, tag me on social media at Movers and Shakers Music and remember to download it, give it a rating because that really helps me to continue creating confidence that's relevant and useful for you and so many others. I'm Christy Russell and I'm here to help you understand why music and mindset matters. See you again soon.